Welcome to Truth in the Word. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Now, here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, this is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Anchor Broadcasting. Going to go back today to the book of Acts, uh, wrapping up chapter 2, still talking about <clears throat> Peter speaking, talking talking of David, what he said in Psalm 16. Uh, of course, last time we we uh, spoke to the fact that uh, that he was not talking about himself, but talking about our Lord and Savior. But, but before we get into the word, let's go to prayer. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity, God, to expound your word. Bless it today. Touch hearts, minds, and souls. Change lives through your word. Because we, we know your word is a, is a changing agent. And we ask you today, Father, that that nothing would stop this word, that they would, Lord, it would go forth in the fullness is meant to be. And Lord, those today that are fighting battles that, Lord, only you know about, we ask you that this word would minister to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Pardon me. Back to Acts chapter 2, verse 34. Last time we talked about... Um, the Lord sitting at the right hand of God, exalted, uh, having received the what of the Father, the promise of the Holy Ghost, which He has shed forth. This which we now see and hear, which the day of Pentecost has already come. Okay, the, uh, the outpouring of the Spirit, still going on, by the way, still going on to those that will receive. Uh, of course, uh, of course, the church that the Lord purchased with His own blood. The Bible says, "On this rock I shall." build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail was at that particular time in the first century full of zeal. Now we know down through the years, a lot of things have come into play, but he says in his word, he still has a church without spot and without wrinkle. Isaiah chapter one, verse nine says, had not been for a remnant, we'd all been as Sodom and we'd all been as Gomorrah. So make no mistake. He has a church. He has a remnant. He has that bedrock church today moving in his will, preaching the word of God, lifting Jesus Christ up, that all men might be drawn unto him. And he is um, going to bless this church, and this church will prosper. But it's not everybody. It's a remnant. It's a remnant. Now, those today, with the name over the door, qualify themselves as the church, the one and the onlys. But uh, we know God knows where his church is. My sheep know my voice, they will not receive another, the Bible says. Amen. So we need to be conscious of the word of God. We need to get in the word of God and hear the voice of God through his word, through his power and through his spirit. Because he does have a church without spot and without wrinkle. Alive and well in the world today, in every nation of the world, the church is prevalent. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches that the church is the resistor, the restrainer, whom they move in the power of the Spirit. They disrupt the move of evil in the world. Amen. That's why the Bible says when this restrainer is taken away, then 
all hell will break loose. That's what the Word of God teaches. Satan will come in like a flood. But we know today that when it comes to like a flood, there's a standard. And that standard is the Word of God in the church. Amen. Those who preach the truth. So Acts 2 and 34 says, <clears throat> For David is not ascended unto heavens. Now, once again, he's alluding to the fact that this psalm is not by David. We've said it a lot of times, I know. But it's a fact. It's talking about Jesus Christ. But he said himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou on my right hand. God the Father said to God the Son, set thou on my right hand. This refers David uh, uh, speaking of our Lord and Savior. Acts 2, Acts 2 and 35, until I make thy foes thy footstool. In, in today's society in the world, we know when, if you've been in this, on this people plan for any amount of time, you've seen that men have struggled for power down through the year. You can read in the history books where men have raised up and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. But today they're not prevalent. They've said we're going to rule the world for a thousand years and they're not even around anymore. See? For God allows nations to come up and God brings nations down. God raises up leaders and God brings leaders down. He's a sovereign, almighty God who is in control. He is in control. But he says in Acts 2.35, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Psalms 1.10.1 says, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou by my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Once again, he's quoting the book of Psalms. <clears throat> the last verse in Acts chapter 2, then we're going to go and speak about the crowd's response. Acts 2 and 36, therefore, this is this is Peter preaching. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ, both King and the Anointed One, sitting by the Father's right hand until... All enemies shall become his footstool. In other words, he's going to put all power down. The kings of this world will become the kingdoms of God and his Christ. Or should I say one kingdom? The plurality of the kingdoms today will become one kingdom, and that's the kingdom of who? Jesus Christ. King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Look unto him, the author and the finisher of our faith. He will rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. <clears throat> his kingdom will thrive forever. And ever, and ever, and ever. We find out in the thousand-year reign, even at the end of the thousand-year reign, when Satan's loose again, there will be those that will actually rebel against a perfect society, ruled and reigned by Jesus Christ. He will rule with theocracy, not a democracy. He'll have no House of Representatives, no Senate, not a bunch of squabble of what he says. His word shall go. He'll be the perfect dictator. <laughs> you know, that term used today, oh, it brings no, no. Dictatorship is not a bad thing if you got the right person in there that cares about people, you see. And we'll put all evil down. Okay. So we start in Acts 2 and 37, the crowd's response. The crowd's response. What are they going to say to all this that Peter has preached? And when they heard this, they were all pricked in their heart. Holy Spirit dealt with them in the heart and said unto Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Well, that opened the door. That opened the door. 
Acts 2 and 38, Peter said unto them, repent, have a mind change, a metamorphosis, repent, repent, make a conscious decision to turn around and go in a different direction. That's what repentance means. Now stop what you're doing, come to your senses, and go in the direction that God has called us to go. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, or put on Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In other words, the same outpouring that they see in Acts chapter 2, if they repent, they'll receive that same outpouring, that same indwelling of the Spirit of God. The book of Zechariah, chapter 12, verse 10. Now, we know for the most part, a lot of them got saved. There was 3,000 added in one day, the Bible says. And the church thrived. And they went to all the, all the corners of the earth. They had to be moved. Persecution, by the way. I mean, they were sent. Paul was called. Preached the gospel to the Gentiles. The gospel went to the world. I mean, the Bible says the oracles of God were given unto the Jews. To the Jews first and, and to the Gentiles second. But for the most part, they rejected him. But Zechariah talks about when they will receive him. Now, after the tribulation period, the tribulation period is three and a half years and three and a half years. We know in the middle of three and a half years, then it'll be ramped up. But it'll be Jacob's trouble. God strictly, from what I read, dealing with Israel. I don't believe the church is appointed to wrath. I believe we are appointed to tribulation. He promised that. Trials and tests, yes, he promised that. Amen. We'll be hated for his name's sake, yes, of course. But I don't believe the church is going to be here during the tribulation period. I know there's a lot of controversy and people get mad. And well, Okay. But Zechariah 12.10 says, And I will pour upon the house of David, this is future now, and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourner for his own for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for the firstborn. This will happen in a future event when they will see who the Messiah is. And he says, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which follows repentance. Repent means to change one's mind or put on Christ. Change your mind. Allowing the Spirit of God become pliable to the Spirit of God. He said, I will send you one that will lead you and guide you into all truth and all righteousness. The comforter, the paraclete, the one that comes alongside to help you. The Holy Spirit is here to help you, never to harm you. <clears throat> Acts 2 and 39. For the promise is unto you. Peter speaking, preaching, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So this is a perpetual gospel from generation to generation to generation to generation. The legacy that we pass on to the ones that are behind us is the gospel. This is the legacy. This is, this is what we implant in our children, in our grandchildren. And if you have great-grandchildren, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The thing that will stand the test of time. That the word of God will never change. 
that it will be fulfilled. Every T will be crossed. Every I will be dotted. A period at the end of every sentence. That what he's spoken his word, that which is future shall come to pass. In Isaiah 44 and 3, for I will pour out water upon him as thirsty. Come unto me, you have a laden in labor, and I shall give you rest. He said, and floods upon the dry ground. Ezekiel 37, study about the, the bones that's going to live again. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thy offspring. Where you and Joel, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, when he spoke that, there was not darkness in the sun and the moon. That wasn't fulfilled. That's not, that's not fulfilled yet. But the outpouring of the spirit started at the day of Pentecost. And what Joel prophesied will come to pass. The sun will be darkened. The moon will be darkened. Amen. Stars will fall out of the sky. Amen. Tribulation will come. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Acts 2 and 40. And many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from the untoward generation. That word means warped. Oh, my. The warped generation. A generation that certainly does not put on Christ. Certainly, in everything we see today, in today's society, in the world, in this nation, is certainly not putting on Christ. They don't talk about him. They have their own isms and own schisms. They uh, are involved in uh, Eastern religions. Witchcraft is prominent in, in this nation. Spirit of rebellion, of course. So he says the untoward generation or the warped generation stay away from. He said, save yourselves. How do we save ourselves from that? By putting on Christ, by receiving Jesus Christ. Listen, the only, the only sanity that there truly is, is the Word of God. The only thing that brings sanity is the Word of God. The only thing that brings peace is the Word of God. Is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The answer today, as I said in the last broadcast, is not social reform, political reform, it's spiritual reform. A reformation of the Spirit where people once again receive Christ. When he's revealed unto people and people open their hearts and their minds and receive him. That's the sin killer. That's the, uh, 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 the, 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 the word of God says that Jesus Christ died. That sin might be defeated in our lives. That the sin nature might, have, might not have dominion over us. I mean, Romans 6 says, sin shall not have dominion over you. So he says, you got to stay away from the warped generation. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. I mean, we can't, we, we just can't receive everything just to make people happy. Got to take a stand for the word of God. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Remember? The word of God says many will call evil good and good evil. And the judges said that men done what was right in their own eyes. When God had to bring judges in and correct them, and they cried out and they cried out. And they, he, he raised up a judge, and then they go back in corruption again, and they cried in the name again. Okay. So our answer is not in man. Woe unto them that lean 
on the arm of flesh. Acts 2, 41. Then they they gladly received his word, were baptized. Now, gladly, in other words, with an open heart and open mind. And the same day were added unto them about what? 3,000 souls. Pretty good revival, huh? 3,000 souls in one day. Acts 2, 42. And they continued. Now, this is the zeal of the church. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, which is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. They were together. They were in one mind and one accord. They rallied around one cause, which is Jesus Christ. They're lifting up one, which is Jesus Christ. The only way for men to be drawn unto God is lift up Jesus Christ. In fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. Steadfastly, not being changed. Zeal, a zeal for the Lord. Does that happen today? Well, judge yourself, judge for yourself, look around. Is there a zeal for God like there was in the first century church? Look around. I'll let you be the judge of that. Matthew 28 and 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world or the end of the age. Amen. So this is, we, we see a picture of consistency. Double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Woe to the man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back for he's not worthy of the kingdom of God. Acts 2 and 43. And fear ooh, came upon every soul. Why? Why was there fear? And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Okay. So signs and wonders followed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit. So signs and wonders with people being healed and delivered. And set free. We're going to read here for too long about uh, them coming by the gate called What Beautiful and Healing the Lame Man. But we'll wait till we get there to talk about that. Matthew 16 and 17, or I'm sorry, Mark 16 and 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. Mark 16 20. They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. The word of God confirmed through the signs and wonders that I believe God wants to pour out today. Acts 2 and 44. <clears throat> and all that believed were together and had all things common. Oh, oh. All that believed were together. They were in unity. House divided won't stand. Once again, you be the judge. Is there unity in the house of God today? Let alone amongst the churches. Is there unity in one building under one, one quote-unquote ministry? All that believed were together and, and had all things in common. Now, the, the common ground was Jesus Christ. And they were together 
and believed upon him. That's the church. If he if he's not talked about, if he's not the head of the church, if the Holy Spirit does not rule and reign in the services and lead and guide the leaders of the churches, then we're not the church. We're simply a social function. If flesh is involved and men make decisions outside the word of God, and men make decisions in their own accord, without without consulting God, without praying, without going back to the Word of God for help, amen, asking guidance of the Holy Spirit, then I don't believe they're churches. Just gathering places. We don't need that. We need, we, we need the Holy Spirit to be the catalyst again in the house of God. And then all things will be done in decency and order as men become, become pliable to the Holy Spirit again. So much to be said about that, but only only Spirit of God can fix that which is broke. And men's yielding to his spirit. In Acts 2 and 45, they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need. Zellius, Acts 2 and 46. And they continued daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and signals of heart. As the word continued again daily. This was just not a part-time thing. Now, I'm sure they had jobs and had things they had to do. But but they never forsake the house of God, never forsake their call. They were mindful of the things of God. Now, these were those that accepted. Not everybody did. But they did eat their meat with gladness and sickness of heart. Acts 2 and 47. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be or would be or accepted Jesus that would be saved. Now we see praising God having favor of all people. And that word there, uh, the Bible says the apostles, these are the men that turned the world upside down. Started up the day of Pentecost after the outpouring of the Spirit. But what we see here is a, a yielding factor. What we see here, see here is men dying out to themselves and allowing Jesus Christ to rule and reign their lives. See, that that's the catalyst of the church. That's the meat of the church is where men put themselves out of the way. We humble ourselves before God in due time be exalted. And our ideas, our isms, our schisms, our ways, our truth, blah, blah, blah. Get rid of our controlling spirits, on and on and on and on. Amen. And becoming the church that's led by the Spirit of God. Striving to let everything that happens in the midst of worship service and everything that we do in the house of God. Let it be the Spirit of God that leads us to do it. Seek God until the Spirit gives direction. Had favor of all people, and Lord added to the church daily, such as be saved. Now we move on to Acts chapter three. We'll get a couple of verses in. Acts chapter three, verse one. We're going to talk about this lame man. Okay. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Ninth hour was around three o'clock in the afternoon. 
Uh, Jewish people had three hours of prayer, 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. They taught that Abraham instituted the first, first Isaac the second, and Jacob the last. Okay. Psalms 55, 17 says, Evening and morning and noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. So these were times of prayer. There's three times a day. And back in the book of Daniel, I mean, Daniel threw open the door towards where Jerusalem three times a day and sought God. Acts 3 and 2. A certain man lame from his mother's womb. So this means this man has never, ever walked. Was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. So we see this man... This particular day was going to change his life forever. And it says, he laid by the gate called Beautiful. Now, this is man's interpretation of the gate. Man built the gate. And I'm sure this man that couldn't walk, maybe didn't see a lot of beauty in the gate. Okay. His his thrust was to be carried, carried every day in front of this gate to beg of alms, that he might live another day, that he might eat another day. Now, history says this gate is supposed to have been around uh, uh, or made of brass, about about 31 by 62 feet, previous size gate. In Luke 16, 20, we see, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate full of sores, Possibly probably the probably the same gate. So Peter and John <clears throat> come into this man's sight. In Acts 3 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask of alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him uh, with John, said, Look on us. And he said, What? Why would this man look on them? Because they were full of the Holy Ghost. Remember, there was already signs and wonders going on. Now there's going to be further signs and wonders. And here's a man, lame from his mother's womb. And this is a chance again for people to see the kingdom of God that he wanted to offer to Israel at that particular time. And the Bible says during the thousand year reign that the lame will leap. Amen. So what God is still doing today, he will continue to do. Amen. In the kingdom, there'll be no lame, no sick, no dying, no curses, no pandemics, nothing going on. Amen. Except Jesus Christ ruling and reigning. In Acts 3, 5, he says, after they looked upon him, said, look on us, and he gave heed to them. Expecting to receive something, something of them. Oh, did he ever? Of course, he was looking for money, a mite. He won't eat another day. Acts 3 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. Now, this is the church now. You say, Well, what is, but, but they gave, yeah. 
but they were taking care of people. But such as I have, give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I heard a preacher say yesterday, he said, that's reversed now. The church has plenty of money, plenty of silver and gold and land and buildings and on and on and on. But they don't have power to raise those that are lame. You be the judge of that also. Our, our thrust should be on doing the will of God. So what we have here is an exercise of the Christian's power of attorney, POA, power of attorney, that which was given unto the church to perform in Jesus' name. Can he still heal the lame? Yes, he can. Can he still raise the dead? He certainly can. He's changed on the same yesterday and forever. Can he still heal bodies? Yes, he can. Save souls, deliver, set free. Yes, he's doing it all. But the Bible says we are to use his name. In John 16, 23, And in the day ye shall ask me nothing, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Okay, time's about up for today. But here we have this great miracle of this man. I've never walked before, and we'll talk more about that next time. But it, Jesus is still healing today, still delivering, and still setting free. So may he do that today, in our lives today, in our churches. Let the Holy Ghost, once again, be the focal point, be the catalyst, the very core of who the church is, that we might be the church that Jesus Christ is called, the church that, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. God bless till next time. We want to thank you for listening to Truth in God's Word today. You can check us out on Facebook at The Truth in God's Word. There you can message us for any reason, whether it be prayer request, comment about the show, or if you would just like to let us know subjects you would like to hear about on Truth in God's Word. We pray that you have a blessed day.